Remember back in the day when you wanted to listen to your favorite song, you could just search and stream it? Yeah, that's not the way things were at all for us when we were growing up. Uh, it was a little bit more complex, unfortunately. Yeah, it was definitely a process, but I feel like it was much more meaningful. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, we call this episode The Tale of the Mixtape. He's Mario. And she's Jen. And today we're talking all things music. Listen, I was pumped, Jen, when you brought forward this suggestion to talk about old school music enjoyment. It really is so different now with the streaming model. Nothing at all like what we had when we were kids growing up trying to enjoy our favorite songs. Right. Yep. I mean, it's definitely not as simple as it is now when you want to listen to your favorite song. Um, back in the day, I don't know if you remember, but if you wanted to listen to the most popular songs that were out there, you kind of had to listen to the radio and wait for them to be played on like a top 40 countdown or something. It's so funny that you use the word simple because how often do we talk about those days from the past being the simple times when really you think about it, like you said, in terms of music enjoyment anyways, it's simple now. You could just go online, hit a search and boom, on demand, whatever you want to listen to. That's simple. But back in the simple days, <laughs> uh, it wasn't simple at all. And I totally remember the the whole idea of if you wanted to hear something, you had to wait for it to come on the radio. And if you were smart enough, you'd have your cassette tape ready to tape it from the radio yeah i don't know how many times i used to um on saturday afternoon because that's when the top 40 countdown was on so you knew like the most popular songs were going to be played um would sit there for like hours have my cassette ready to record songs off the radio so i can make myself my own mixtape of all my favorite songs that's so funny. You were one of the smart ones who knew to wait for like, I don't know, was it like Casey Kasem or Casey Rick Dees or yeah. right on the weekend? I think like Saturday was Casey Kasem and Sunday was Rick Dees. But yeah. you're right, because otherwise it was totally just, you know, luck of the draw. If you're listening to the radio any other time, if you're going to hear your favorite song or not. But when your song was big, it was going to be on the top 40. And you kind of knew like if it was in the top 10, you could start listening <laughs> at like a certain time or whatever. Um, did you have a go-to method for recording? What did your setup look like on your, what do we call it? Boom, boom box, box is the yeah. appropriate term, term. maybe. That's the, um, we call this something different back in the day. Yeah. But, uh, what was your setup like in terms of, you know, the, the tape deck? Yeah, it was like, I just had, we ha I had the double tape deck. So the one I think could record off the radio. And then if you wanted to like record a tape from a tape, you could do that. Um, but yeah, I just had like my mixtape and I had 
you press record, play, and then pause. And then <laughs> when the song comes on, you just quietly press the pause button and it would record the song. So that was my setup. For those listening right now who did not have the experience of living back in the day and being able to record something or tape something off the, the radio, what Jen is sharing right now is that she was taper extraordinaire because you use the, the pause trick. I love that because what, what, what was the idea behind using it? You said it was like a quiet lifting. Of because the when you, yeah, like when, if you were to push record play, it kind of made like a clicking sound. I think I feel like so you would like press it and then you would hear that on your recording. So if you press record play and then the pause button, the pause button for whatever reason when you pressed it was quieter. So it would unpause and it would start recording the song without making a loud noise. <laughs> totally. I know that I had to figure that out for myself the hard way. I think about like in the 80s growing up, right? Me and my three older sisters, we had like the single tape deck um, yeah. set up. And I remember my sisters especially only ever used the tape recorder or the tape player to to tape themselves talking. Like that was it, that they only taped themselves. So mm -hmm. my experience in the 80s was just record play on the single tape deck, talk, pretend you're a DJ, whatever. Right. We would record ourselves like singing, singing. or telling jokes yeah. and whatever. And, and that was that. But then into the 90s and when we got... Um, the, the two deck machine that's when we started experimenting with transferring like from one cassette tape to your new mixtape or right. just the straight up recording off of the radio and i couldn't agree more those first couple times i tried taping something <laughs> with just record and play it was like when yeah. like you'd hear like that sound but that seamless transition <laughs> made possible by the pause button. Pause. Uh, very underrated. Yeah. We, we could have a whole episode dedicated to the pause button. <laughs> the pause button. Yeah. That that was my... Uh, I Again, I, I learned the hard way too. Like you said, like, you know, the first few times you do it and you're like, oh, this is... Sounds... There's a big noise in the middle of my recording. So it was like... Yeah, I don't know. I think... I feel like that, that pause trick got passed down from like somebody else and then you told somebody else and then somebody you just you know you you shared that little secret with other people because that's every everybody was recording stuff off the radio or like you said when you had the dual cassette you could if you had your you know cassette tape because that's what we had of whatever group or whatever um tape that came out you could tape a certain song if you wanted that certain song on your mixtape you can record from one tape onto a blank tape it was totally um on the like it was totally something you had to be in the know about i remember like at recess time the cool kids would talk <laughs> about <laughs> taping off the off the radio and the tricks and whatever which is so silly now but maybe that's why we called those times the simple times i gotta know what were some of the mixtapes you remember making were they literally mixtapes like did you put anything on your cassettes or was it always like you kind of recorded off the same radio station? So it was all kind of the same type of music. It was um, mostly off of, I mean, back here where we are, 99.5. Um, and like I said, I would listen to um, the top 40 countdown. So whether it was KCK, some Rick D's, which they would play on the weekend. Also, that radio station would have something called the top five at nine. 
So they would play the popular songs or like the most um, requested songs at that time. So my mixtapes were always like that pop rock kind of genre of music so That's the so, stuff I like so what to you're saying to. is the best kind of music right <laughs> you're basically absolutely saying. i want to i'm gonna see you your top five at nine and i'm gonna raise you <laughs> further back do you remember the international top nine at nine, nine? it started I as do. a top nine show I and do. then they were like they were like yeah there's too many <laughs> there's too many songs we're just gonna do like a, a nine to nine to nine 25 segment that's hilarious you know what was the worst though and you oh, can feel I, me on this you know, know where i'm gonna, going with it probably because we're talking about radio we're talking about whether it was casey Kasem or rick d or one of our local djs they're great and all like we have nothing but love for our djs but when right. those guys and gals <laughs> yeah would have the audacity oh. to start talking before the song is over, oh. I was like, dude, did you not know I'm rec- I'm taping this right now? And there's like a little musical outro and you think you're going to get this solid, clean copy. Yeah, and all of no. a sudden it's like 99.5. And you're thinking, no, you just ruined my book. Bo- <laughs> you you ruined it. Yeah. You ruined it. <laughs> that was like my biggest pet peeve. And like you said, it's like, how did they not know I was recording this? But like <laughs> them coming in early to like announce the song i know there was like ones when the countdown like rick d's and they would come in or like and that was number one for the 40th week in a row and you're like no the worst and the best thing was like because i had that recorded and i listened to these (laughs) mixtapes over and over again that's how i every time i heard that song that's how i hear it i hear the words being spoken after and it just sticks with you so that to this was, day, right? To this yes. day. Ex- yes. I'm the exact same way. And uh, I remember, I think it would have been, what, ni- early, I want to say early 90s, but maybe it was closer to mid-90s, Informer by Snow. Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. Informer. It's, uh, we got to look that up. I'm going to say 1994, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was 1992. It was mid-90s, I think, yeah. It, it was somewhere in there. But I remember I was obsessed with Informer by <laughs> Snow. And I had like three different tapes where like each copy got progressively better with less <laughs> DJ interference. Right. And then finally I secured the, the most pristine taped copy of uh, Informer <laughs> by Snow. And that's, that's one that to this day when I, cause of course to this day, I still listen to Informer by Snow who doesn't <laughs> yeah. to this day when I queue it up in Spotify or wherever, I still hear uh, a specific DJ when he would say certain things on, yeah. on one of the recordings. So that's, it's so classic that you mentioned that. I think that that's so funny. I'm going to ask, you something i don't know if you ever did this i did this toward the late 90s it had to have been 97 98 we were in grade nine at the time and i remember loving the song men in black so much i couldn't ever hear it on 99.5 it wasn't coming on for some reason and i think i got just a little antsy i needed this on cassette tape to listen to so i actually taped it from my tape deck off of the music video that i had recorded on tape from um, the the much music countdown, music. yeah. And I remember Men in Black because uh, during like the little interlude, whatever, when the girls are saying Men in Black in the video, there's like the aliens or whatever making the noises, right. 
Yes. And that's not part of the studio. That's recording. not part of the radio yeah. version. <laughs> and so anybody, so I thought I was all cool and I never put that together. And then I, I believe I was with some friends on the weekend and I played it like acting all cool. Like I had a copy of this and they were like, dude, what are all those like growling noises in it? <laughs> did, you, did you ever do that? Did you ever record from audio tape or from video onto audio or was like, did you keep them separate? No, I mean, that was like the last resort, right? Like that was like, I can't, it's not coming on the radio, but I've seen it played on much music for like, whatever, I'm going to record off the TV and tape an audio version of the song on my tape. Yeah, I did do that. And like you said, the music videos, there was always like dance breaks or like a longer version that wasn't quite like the radio edit. So you had like this weird version of the song on your tape, but yeah, that was like a last resort kind of thing. Like I need this song. I want this song on my tape. It's not coming on the radio. I haven't been able to get a good version off the radio. Gonna tape from the TV and get a, get that copy on there. It's so crazy that cassette tapes were around into pretty much like at least 97, 98-ish. I don't know. I'm thinking of when CDs came in, that would have been, I know that CDs were around since like the 80s, for example. Right, yeah. When did you you start getting into the CD game? um, I would say it was probably like mid to late 90s, I want to say, like 95, 96-ish, maybe early 94. I don't know. I could tell you what my first CD that I bought was. I want to know what it was and I want to know where you bought it. The first CD that I bought. And again, because when you liked a song, you had to purchase the whole album. <laughs> what That's a ripoff. You had to do. So the one, I, I think it was the first CD. Yeah. The first CD was um, Ace of Bass for the sign <laughs> no way i did not know this about you your cool yeah. factor just skyrocketed. you were like you couldn't be more cool and it's <laughs> now even more cool the sign but that cd had some other good had some bangers on it if it I recall. did i mean because i mean you spent all this money on a cd so you're gonna listen to the whole album and like you find your other other favorites or other good songs on there but I mean, I bought it because I because of the of sign. The <laughs> was that the album? It I forget what it looked like, but it had a bunch of colors on the front. Like it was like like a square pattern, green and white, yeah, yeah, and like, like red circles, or something, yeah, circles. And then and then the sign was on it, and all that she wants, I think. Yes, that yeah. was the other. Yeah, that was the, that was hit. their other single from that album. Which I mean, you got two singles <laughs> off that album. Hey, that's Woo. a good day because usually you would only get one. So, and I think. I bought that. I want to say I bought it probably at Music World. Nice. Remember Music World? Music World, I think. Yeah. I feel like that's such a figment of our, you know, of the past, but it was around up until kind of present day. Like, yeah, it just kind of vanished within the last five to ten years, I think. Yeah. But it seems Most, like it was yeah. so long ago. Music what was World. your, um, the first I'll tell CD you, you my first CD was also bought at Music World. And I don't know how I was able to buy this. I was uh, at the mall on a Saturday afternoon with my two buds and we put it on the counter and I pretty much thought there was no chance I was going to get this CD sold to me. And the guy was just like, oh, it'll be like 18, 90, whatever. I don't know. I'm making it. It was probably <laughs> close to 20 bucks. My first CD 
was Snoop Doggy Dogs first <laughs> CD, which I will not give the title of. But it's uh wow, nothing like being in grade six and buying Snoop Doggy Dog <laughs> as your first CD. And I remember Rebel. bringing it home. Yeah, and like we would only listen to it when you know we didn't think anybody was could hear it, any of the adults. And I think I hit it for like only a couple of days, which was silly because I grew up in a household where like my parents were pretty open with their language and I had three significantly older sisters around me all the time. So it was always a more mature environment, like language wise. But for some reason, I felt that I had to hide the Snoop Doggy Dog CD. And uh, after a couple of days, my sister was like, oh, put it louder. And then my mom heard it. And my mom was like, what did he just say? (laughs) And I got all embarrassed. She was like, turn it up. (laughs) She loved it. (laughs) So after that, it was uh, it was game over. But yeah, Snoop, Snoop Doggy Dog was definitely the first one. And then after that, I signed up for a service where because it was like, wow, I only bought one or two CDs. And my buddies were like, I'm getting like buckets at a time. You know what I'm talking about? I know right? what you're talking about. Columbia House. Columbia House. Who did not fall for the Columbia House membership? 10 CDs or was it 15 CDs for a penny? Yeah, depending, <laughs> depending the... on what stamp package you got to lick together for whatever the current promotion was. What it was, was supposed the... to be a penny, but the there was a catch though. Well, yes, it was like get 10 CDs for a penny and then for the next four years or something you had to buy like three a year three cds a year at like at the regular price yeah at the regular price of that plus eight dollars shipping plus shipping yeah which might not sound for any of the kids listening that might not sound like a big deal because you guys are all on your amazon and throw down with your shipping and whatever these days but back in the day jen yeah when when you got a bill you got an invoice in the mail (laughs) yeah for whatever amount of money parents were flipping out yeah flipping out and yeah, that was I, it. And there was no way out of it. You were obligated. Like they sent you the CDs and you were like getting a credit, um, like a like a bill collector coming after yeah. you if you were paid. Yeah, I remember trying to convince my parents that it was like a good deal. Like, look at all these CDs I got for a penny. But like, I also now have to spend like almost like $60 a year or like for like <laughs> <laughs> two more CDs. Like it, it was like ridiculous. But um yeah I do remember doing that and like there would be times though like I think for me because there was certain CDs that you I I feel like there were certain ones you couldn't get with the free promotion or it wasn't available and like you could buy it but that wasn't one of the ones you can get for the penny I think that there the reason for that was Columbia Records which mm -hmm. had Columbia House they were only licensed for their artists or whatever. But then right. I remember a buddy of mine showed up with, I don't know if it was Hootie and the Blowfish or whatever. It was some album that was big <laughs> at the time that you couldn't get off of Columbia House. I maybe I'm making up the Hootie thing, but it was it was a, an album you couldn't get. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, Drew, where'd you get that, man? He was like, BMG. And I was like, <laughs> BMG, do you remember? BMG Records then came yeah. out with their version of Columbia House where you could get like the other half of the music catalog. So right. you could you could experiment with either or, but either way, you were totally taking it on the chin for like a good <laughs> couple hundred bucks at right. the end of the which, day. <laughs> which I mean, when you like, it doesn't sound like much maybe now, like when you think about it, but back then it was like, we didn't have money. Like, let's be real. Like we didn't have <laughs> no, money. Exactly. And like, 
60 to 70 bucks a year was like, oh, crap. Was Where there any this money? Seriously. But was there any better feeling when the shipment and you didn't oh. know when the shipment was coming in? Like there's if no people get excited numbers. now when their Amazon packages <laughs> get in. Imagine back in the day when like you barely you rarely got packages in the mail and oh, like that insane. box came in and you're just like my cds are here <laughs> and each cd was like individually wrapped as it would be if you bought yeah, it off the shelf at the took store you, so like seven hours to open it because they wrap them <laughs> like nice like, and safe <laughs> like that was insane i know that it's because of columbia house and then i did sign up for bmg too um i got like pretty much my music collection like the first 80 percent of my music collection was through that so many good albums it's insane did you ever have to then from your cd player slash tape deck thing yeah did you ever have to play the cd and transfer it over to a blank tape so oh. that you could then play the tape in the car right yes absolutely Mm -hmm. because most of our cars only had the tape deck so yeah making like or basically making a mixed tape from all your different cds that you got and making your own mixed tape kind of thing before you made mixed yeah before there was burning cds there was making mixed tapes from the cds and being that kid at least i was because i didn't have much to brag about growing up but I remember having a mixtape, which was actually, as I called it, CD quality and right. uh, and playing it in uh, like my buddy's parents car. And they're like, man, this ever sounds good. I'm like, yeah, it's CD quality. Meanwhile, yeah. it's like it's a t- it's tape quality. Like we're it's playing tape it quality. <laughs> but it was so much better than taping it from the radio. Right. It was like, yeah, to play in the in, in your car or to play on your Walkman. That's because. <laughs> absolutely where we would play it um did you what brand did you have did you have the classic sony walkman or did you have i did i had i had a yellow one it was yellow oh nice well that was like the second or third one that i think i got but yes the first one was like a black sony one and then i like it was like the shock shock wave oh man so yeah you were in east that's why you were in eastender see i had (laughs) sharp brand i had sharp brand um, yeah. But then eventually I got to move on up Jefferson style to the uh, to the uh, to the Sony brand, which was crazy. Listen, you mentioned burning CDs, though, and that's getting my mind rolling. If it's cool with you, because I know we're going to leave this episode where it's at in the next few moments. I would love to throw down on the next episode and keep the party going and I could lead us through a look on the flip side of the mixtape, which was the burned cd how does that sound for you that sounds amazing and with that we declare this meeting of the midnight society closed <laughs>